gasolines, you know, in, in Latin America and, and in the Caribbean. Right. Got you. Nice. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Can I start things off, man? Shoot. I can start things off. Cool. Check it out. Check it out. You're going to like this. One, two, three. Uplift your economy with Minister Zoom B. Shawala. <laughs> and this is Precise Thinking. Like I said, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, do for self or suffer the consequences. How the hell do you make the CIA boy the hero when we know what the history has been between the CIA and Africa? Only when the father makes his trans uh, makes his transition to the ancestral realm of the Agungun does the son truly become a man. Minister Zoom B. Shawala, what's good, brother? Peace. Just trying to stay dry in uh, upstate New York. <laughs> I say that. Well, look, uh, Minister Zoom B's precise thinking show is all about him. And so we got brother Tahid Copeland on the line with us. What's up, Tahid? How you doing, brother? Peace, peace, peace. Yeah, he's my 1911 brother from a different mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, love my bros, but I give salutes to noobs. So, uh, Zumbi, where are you taking us today, brother? Where are you taking us today? Okay, tonight's episode and the title, some of you may be familiar with the title. It's called A Clean Glass of Water. And for those of you who watched the Malcolm X movie, uh, there's a scene where Malcolm and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are in a room. And this is where the messenger has appointed Malcolm the prestige of being the national representative of not just the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but the Nation of Islam. And they were having a conversation and they happened to turn to a table. The messenger has a glass of water. And he pulls out some black ink, puts the ink in the water. He says, see this water? This water is foul. If the people don't have a choice, even though they know it's foul, they'll drink it. Then he pours a clean glass of water. And if you offer the people a clean glass of water and put it beside the dirty glass of water, now the people will have a choice because there's more than one option available, okay? So that's kind of the genesis of, of the title. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, and you know, we're not talking about this particular show. We're talking about what has gone on, uh, not just in social media, but also in other areas where people let me grab my notes here so I'm telling you correctly. Social media has become the new CB radio. Wait, 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 wait. Yo, for those who are uninitiated, in other words, if you young, you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> What's a CB radio? What's a C and a B stand for? What you talking about, man? Okay, well, for, for those in the 70s who know what i'm talking about when i say cb radio cb radio was a way to where you can create avatars and aliases so you weren't known as you know john q smith you may have been known as huggy bear you may have been known as 
you know, fill in the blank. So you were able to create these alter egos and with these alter egos basically create in some ways an alternative reality. Okay. What's been going on in social media is that you have people who are coming on creating alternate egos. And what they've done is they've turned their platforms into being monetized hecklers. Okay. Oh, thank you. Your handle. Yes. Becoming monetized hecklers who are using their platform to critique ad nauseum, but offer no blueprint, offer no solution. And that's what I mean when I say not offering a clean glass of water for the people. Okay. It's, and I'm going to date myself. If you guys remember the Muppet show, remember the two hecklers who are up in the, up in the stands. <laughs> you talking about the two white, the old two white yeah, dudes, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's how a lot of social media has come off. It's like no one is holding people accountable to say, if you're going to critique a situation, where's the clean glass of water? Okay. Where's the clean glass of water? You know, last week I was watching a, uh, I was watching a lecture done by our ancestor, Dr. Amos Wilson. And he says that the measure of someone's education and someone's intelligence is his or her ability to solve the problems of his or her people. Okay. Not other people, but solve the problems of his or her own people. So in other words, if you're going to get on here and let's say, if you see your people going down the wrong path, whatever that path is, economics, politics, etc. And all you're doing is criticizing the people in their ignorance of going down the wrong path, but yet you don't offer a life raft or at least a better direction to go, then, you know, what, what difference are you really making? You're just piling on a situation that's already desperate. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had to bring them up, man, since you mentioned them. Yo, for, so I'm dating myself and probably these gray hairs are dating myself as well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Okay. Hey, I want to say salute to uh, ageless, ageless, ageless wisdom speaks. <laughs> When you said CB, she's like your handle. She knew exactly what you know you were talking about. That, right. That's what's up. And uh peace to peace. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so and and a couple of other things I'm gonna bring up and then I'll expand the dialogue. What what I've seen take place is a thing that Dr. Clark calls showbiz liberation. And what I mean by that is, is that the only people think that, you know, uh, a liberation movement or a liberation process is getting on the mic, getting in front of a camera, a microphone, uh, saying some nursery rhymes like up with hope, down with dope. And then that's it. Okay, so we've got a lot of these you know, cyber showbiz liberation pundits who I would like to ask, what are you building away from social media? 
is there a platform being built that doesn't require your presence on the internet? That's an interesting piece, man. Because when we look at what's happening with, you know, uh, I can't think of the football player's name. Starts with Jason. It's Jason something. We look at Candace mm. Owens. You okay. know, we look at Roland Martin. You know, we mm. look at Tariq Nasheed. We look right. at the black, uh, the black agenda. No, the black authority. Right. We look at Professor yeah. Black Truth. We look at Tarian Unloaded. We look at Michi X. You know, um, these are a lot of people who have a lot to say online. Mm-hmm. So, but your criticism is some of them, and I'm saying I'm not saying all of them, not saying right. people I just named, but your criticism is that we have too many folk who are talking Boyce Watkins. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yo, salute to the message to the people, the Garvey okay. Army. Uh, yeah, Boyce. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that Michi, because I know Michi does her business. I know Tariq is about the business. Professor is about the business. The Black Authority is about the business. Torian Online is about the business. But I-, I think you bring up a really good point here, bro. Mm. Really good point. Continue, continue. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about, and this is just one of the things that uh, that, that came to me. Uh, recently, I started working as a volunteer in a food pantry. One of the things that I remember David Banner saying is, is that if you want to lead the people, you got to feed the people. And so what I wanted to learn was what would it take to create a food pantry or to create an apparatus, even on a nonprofit level, to be able to feed the people who need it the most? And so far, some of the things I really learned is the need for grant writing, okay? The, the need to work with a regional food bank to be able to make sure that you have an adequate supply of food to feed the people when you open up your food pantry, okay? The need to recruit volunteers, the need to be able to manage people, okay? So... I kind of took that not only as a way to serve the people, but more as a, I guess you would say a classroom or learning experience, because we're headed into a situation where some people may not know this, but we're headed for a a global food crisis. Okay. And and so there's certain skill sets that we're going to need to survive what Alan Greenspan calls the age of turbulence. Hmm. Okay. All right. L- let me uh, tap in with some of the viewer comments. <sighs> and Tahid, I-, I definitely want to get your point on this as well. Um, breakfast program. I-, I I'm not sure if that's talking about the Black Panthers breakfast program or she's talking about the Breakfast Club. <laughs> the Breakfast mm. Club, or he, you know, mm. yeah. Um, but Umar. Umar is a great example of making it happen. This is what the commenter is saying. It looked, yeah. So is Umar an example of this? I would say the jury is still out on Umar. Okay. I would, I would just put it that way from, from what I've seen, I would have to say the jury is still out. Okay. What would you say, Tahid, man? Uh, I'm, unmute yourself, man. What do you think? 
is Umar bout it bout it, or is he just talking about it? So, um, personally, I, I mean, I, I've met Umar personally, and uh, he's been here in Atlanta a, a few times at a few events, and I, I've seen him do the leg work. Yeah, he might uh, come off a bit sensational on these social media platforms. But um, I think I think he's he's one of the ones that's actually willing to put the work in. But um, like the minister said, yeah, you do have a lot of people capitalizing on, you know, you know, you're you're famous if you get a hundred thousand likes or your video goes viral, and you know you have that automatic, um, I guess, power you might say. But and people get addicted to that, and and they're willing to do and and say anything in order to 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 get that number of likes or, or however however they monetize um some of some of the uh bombastic things that they say but at the end of the day um like i i my grandmother used to always say you know you can you can make your you can make your mouth say anything but what them legs gonna do <laughs> What are them legs gonna do? What them legs gonna do? <laughs> yeah, Yo, that that message can be taken so many le- so many different ways, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, yo, um, I tell you what, let's let's poll the audience. Yo, so if you think that Umar, if you think that uh, you know, brother Umar. Umar is on spectrum though, even though he's a doctor studying the same spectrum, but he is entertaining. Okay, okay. Yeah, so if you think that Umar is about it, put a one in the chat. If you think that Umar's talking about it, put a zero in the chat. <laughs> let's 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 take a quick poll. All right, okay. let, let's take a quick poll. Um, let's let's go back, brother minister. Mm-hmm. Back to you, and, bro. And and an uh, interesting word came up in, in one of the in one of the uh chatters entertainment okay and I, I remember hearing sister Shahrazad ali who says that basically the so-called conscious community or the pro-black movement it's become another form of entertainment and not a form of empowerment now that was a criticism that i had at the black church where when you go to your house of worship do you go for empowerment or entertainment now i have to expand that question into the so-called culturally conscious community. Because think about it. And since I'm in upstate New York, I'm about two and a half hours north of New York City. When you go and you look at all of these debates that took place at the National Black Theater in Harlem, okay, where did all that money go? And why is it that if you're charging people $40 a head for a four-hour verbal battle royal and you haven't bought one building yet, <sighs> that's intriguing brother okay that's intriguing because you know what's interesting uh people who open up churches they can open up a church with three five members three mm-hmm. to five members and they can get a property they can get control of a property right but we're having a lot of debates online we're having a lot of debates uh you know, at somebody's location, at somebody's venue. But there's no control of that venue. 
Right. P- possibly. Possibly. I think there's a joint up in New York, uh, it's a bookstore in New York that might, may not fit the mold. You know, okay. it may not fit that. Um, but I know we got a lot of conscious heads that come through ATL, man. Do any of them, Tahid, own the properties where they have the conscious conversations? So, um, one of my mentors and and people that I look up to um, is uh, Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and uh, Dr. Ritchie he he owns his own radio station. Um, he he owns multiple radio stations. Uh, he was one of the main people that uh, kind of led the charge. I don't know if you guys remember when they they first announced they were closing the Atlanta Medical Center, and uh, you know basically he was one of the ones that you know. Was, was trying to get the people to understand that uh, the government was offering the money to the hospital, but the hospital rejected it because you had these big, big money uh, developers trying to come in and take over that property. Well, you know, as when I give an example about walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, he was able to use his political and, uh, you know, because he, he's a, he's a political commentator. He's, uh, he's a doctor. He's in law school. He does. A, he's on. He has his own TV show with the Young Turks. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Doctor Richard before, but um, he he's oh. yeah. It's, it's definitely somebody that uh, that I that I kind of I look I look to when you know when he says something that is going to be backed up with work, and, mm-hmm. and over and over and over, you know, again, especially in the city of Atlanta, because this is where I concentrate my efforts to, to try to, to help my community. Um, always, there's always, you know, you send an email, he always returns it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you call him, you know, it might be a day or two before he returns it. But at the end of the day, he, he's always the, the person, everybody keeps saying, why don't you run for mayor or something like that? But, you know, he always says, you know, I gotta be a moving target. Right. <laughs> if, if, you, if you make yourself the main guy, you know, historically, we see when, when the most high power, you know, pulls and chooses a leader that moves the masses, eventually they get killed. So and it's kind of like one of those things where um, I think he understands the game, especially when it comes to being in a capitalistic type of society that we're in, that a lot of times money is people's God. You know, that's that's the God for a lot of people. And they get into it initially, maybe with pure pure ideas, but just with anything, you add a little money and a little power and eventually becomes corrupt. You know, that goes for religion, politics, education, whatever you want to whatever you you want to cover. But um, for me in Atlanta, you know, Dr. Dr. Richie is one of those staples that, you know, I I know is, is one of those pure you know, truth seekers and, and always, you know, trying to help the community. Okay. That's that's dope. It looks like Age's wisdom is like, yo, I'm looking for like-minded folk in ATL. So, you know, maybe you can do a little research, Tahid, on where we can find some like-minded folk. I know my good brother Crumb, you know, tonight we're on Crumb TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Crumb is out there in ATL. He, he's yeah. not in ATL proper. He's close to ATL. You know, he might be in College Park where, you know, what is it? Collie Park where it's dark, whatever yeah, they say. Park. <laughs> so, the, so the organizations that I'm involved in that 
you know, where we actively actively go out into the community and, you know, to make people aware of new resources, make people aware of the new laws that are being changed. Um, it's called Let Us Make Man and right. um, also um, Real Man, Real Men Laugh. Um, two very good uh, mentorship programs. Uh, we, we focus on on the young black men uh, in these in these so-called under impoverished communities. But um, at the end of the day, also, of course, with my fraternity, um, we do a lot of outreach. Uh, we was handed out turkeys the other day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we handed out turkeys and presents. You know, we, we, we take our seniors. I'm on, I'm part of the Kappa League committee. And, uh, you know, we, like I was, I was telling Say Cool, we, we take our seniors to Ghana on their senior trip every year before they graduate and get ready to, you know, go off and, and you know, try to make a life for themselves. So, you know, I, I very much believe in, you know, making sure my words match my work. All right. That's dope. Hey, we had a little poll going on. Brother Minister Zumbi, if you will, I'd like to share the results of the poll really quickly. Yeah, let, let's see what the people have to say. Yeah, so the conscious conqueror was saying that Umar is a scholar, but is he wise or trustworthy? That's the question. That's the question. So look, you know, the question was, well, not the question, the uh, direction were, if you think that Umar was bout it, bout it, put a one in the chat. If you think that Umar is just talking about it, <laughs> put a zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> that didn't come off right. <laughs> put a zero. <laughs> put a zero in the chat. All right. So let's go through and let's see what uh, people are saying about, you know, what, uh, you know, talk about Umar. Let's see. So we started off with a one. All right. Then we had a 0. 0.5. So we had 1.5. We have a zero. And we have another zero. And then we got a half and half. I guess that's another 0. 0.5. So if I add up the one, the 0. 0.5, and the other 0. 0.5, he's looking at two out of one, two, three, four, five. So two out of five, that's what? 20, 30. I mean, 20, 40. Yeah. So that's 40%. Okay. So, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. 40%. So King Kong consciousness in terms of folk thinking that he bowed it, bowed it. We're looking at about 40%. We're I guess looking the, at about 40%. The question is, I guess, what 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 determines whether he's bowed it, bowed it? Like, what what's the threshold to prove that you're bowed it, bowed it? Yeah. Well, this is just a real simple fold. We just got another one in. So now it's three points out of six points. So instead of being 40%, he's at 50%. So I, I see why there's some speculation. You know, one of the okay. people said, you know, is he trustworthy or wise is the question. You know, he's right. definitely King Kong consciousness. I remember bringing Umar to Hampton Roads area, the Virginia Beach. Mm, this was around 2012. This before he really hit the national stage and got on the breakfast club. And I tell you, during that time, man, you know, I, I, we helped raise $5,000 for a school. So, you know, when people talk about, you know, if you put money in for a school, you know, that was me. I helped raise $5,000 for Umar school in 2012 when he first started talking about it. And the way we did it is we charged everyone $25 to come here, hear him speak. And he did two lectures at the Boys and Girls Club in Virginia Beach, Virginia. 
and we sold a nice amount of tickets. He walked off with five G's. Yeah, we, we were doing the doggone thing, but is he about it, about it, talking about it? It looks right now we're about 50%. Um, who else could we bring up and see if they're about it, about it, or talking about it? <laughs> and, you know, Tahid, you bring up a good question. What is our criteria? So how can we tell if somebody is dirty water or a glass of clean water? Especially in this new age of smoke and mirrors, you can appear to be whoever you want. And um, so, so how 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 can you discern what is the what is the litmus test? I guess I'm asking to see if someone's about it about it or not. Well, I'll I'll take a page from Dr. Amos Wilson. One of the things that he talked about is being in the process of building institutions and or industries. Okay. So if you're going to be about the business of serving the people, what institutions and or businesses are you building mm -hmm. that you can call your own right. to where you can work on the issues of your people, not just on a weekend lecture, not just on a three to five day conference. OK, because mm -hmm. our people have great needs. You know, whether it's you in the ATL, me in upstate New York, not too close, not too far from New York City. Uh, our people need a lot of stuff and yeah. it can't be done. Unfortunately, it can't be done on a part time basis. So I think part of the criteria has to be. And the institutions don't necessarily have to start out brick and mortar. OK, they can start out, you know, online. You know, the technology is there to where if somebody wants to build an online academy, you have uh, Thinkific, Udemy, and, you know, other vehicles to where you can begin to build those academies, at least as a start. Until you're in, you know, you're in a, a position to include or move into a brick and mortar situation. That's a good point. That's a good point. So we, the platforms are out there. So you're saying that one of the things that you're saying is that somebody has built something that we can benefit from. Exactly. And and not just, you know, like one of the examples I'll give, and I can't remember the sister's name. She's upstate New York here. Uh, she runs the Soul Fire Farm. Uh, some, some of the, Somebody in the audience might know who she is, but she put out a book called Farming While Black. And she's really about this whole thing of uh, urban farming, this whole thing of getting us reconnected to the land again. Because one of the things that happened during that great migration is when we left the South for whatever reason, and we started going into these cities in the Northeast and in the Midwest, within two generations, a lot of what our ancestors brought with us, the canning, the jarring, hunting skills, gardening mm -hmm. skills got lost because we got industrialized and urbanized. Now we're in a situation where we got to start paying white folks tons of money to learn how to can and jar. Oh, 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 oh. So are you saying as we've become more technologically advanced, we've become more stupid? <laughs> we've become less able to provide for ourselves we become less empowered. 
Well, I think Carter G. Woodson said that in Miseducation of the Negro. You know, he may not have used those exact words, but the sentiment is the same. Okay, so that's why I said that there are things that we have to begin to reteach ourselves, you know, for those of us who are in urban environments, you know, how do we learn how to can and jar again? How do we learn how to teach people to have a pantry in their home again and what needs to be in that pantry that could hold them for 30, 60, 90, almost 180, almost up to a year? OK, and I may not have told this story before when I was playing junior college football, I was in Iowa and I stayed with a, uh, a Mormon widow and we were cleaning up around the house and I go downstairs and for a minute I thought I was in BJ's. You know, with all of the bulk food and everything that was down there. And so I asked her, what was this? And so she sat me down and explained that in the Mormon tradition, when Joseph Smith was given his vision to go west because he was in Pennsylvania. Right. They went on this westerly accord, lost a lot of men along the way. By the time they reached Utah, two things came out of that. One, polygamy. And two, ideally, every Mormon <laughs> should have a food pantry that could sustain them for up to one year. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the polygamy thing just kind of cracked me up. Yeah, I, I think that's that, that is an interesting piece. So they came off and they realized based upon our sojourn mm -hmm. and what we lost in our sojourn. Right. We got to start doing something specific and we ain't got to worry about what anybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. That's none of our concern. We have right. to stay on code for us. Mm hmm. And part of that code was to be able to provide for themselves in every way, shape, and form possible. Right. Because... Yo, I love yeah, that. Yeah, because the one thing we have to understand is, and I think it was Dr. Amos Wilson again, he says part of the objective of what education is, is the biological survival of a people. So whatever it is we're learning, I don't care if you're at a major university a HBCU, you have to ask yourself, how will this degree help the collective survival of African people? Yo, can we even think that way? Is it, is it too far gone? Tahid, you're an educator. You know, yeah. it, it, are oh. we too far gone? So to be able to tell our youth them, hey, no matter what you do, wherever you go, you have to make sure you come back and serve the collective in some form or fashion. Is that even so I, practical? I kind of I kind of look at it from a, a historical perspective. Uh, you know, when when free public education was invented, right? Mm. You know, Dwight Dwight D. Eisenhower said, "I don't want to create a nation of thinkers. I want to create a nation of workers," and that's what basically public education does. It, it creates more workers. So we they they teach go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a good job, so you can start paying basically back into the system. So mm. not they don't teach you to be entrepreneurs or to be critical thinkers. That's that's contrary to to what capitalism wants, especially when it comes to people in our community. Um, mm. 
like who do, who do you who do you think is the largest Did we did we lose the brother? Yeah, he looks like he froze on us. All right. And All right. Well, while while he's coming back, while he's coming okay. back in, um the good noble new esco. I kind of like that. Noble new esco kind of puts me in the uh the frame of a Nasir Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I just want to build without loans, credit, or debt. All it takes is 30 so-called black to live and buy something together that makes money the people can see. I, I like to uh I like to speak on that, man, because what he's describing there is what we call a um a syndication. And so okay. a syndication is where a group of people put their funds, their resources together, and then they take those resources and do an investment. Mm. Right? All right. Okay. So in like my family right now, we have one syndication for our family. So a bunch of my like-minded cousins, we came together and every month we throw in a certain amount of money and every month we invest some of our money that we've collected and we invest in either the stock market or we invest in startup businesses or we invest in current businesses that need funding. You know, so, so, so that's, that's a syndication. Okay, well, the the term I use in my book is the susu. Yeah, a susu is a is a different version of that. Right, uh, right. Now we do it. Uh, everything is legal. You know, we have an LLC. We okay. keep records on everything. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a really good process. I'm actually getting ready to start another syndication. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that just yet because I'll, yeah. I'll wait till it gets started. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some really great questions and really great comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are the Ashkenazis in power about it? That's an interesting question. I'll well, say Ashkenazis. I'll say Ashkenazis. All right. Yeah. Okay. There, in Trinidad a... and Tobago, they still have Susu. Okay. Um, uh, before we before we go before we go, what about Barack Obama? Is Kanye West about it? About it? So I wanted to give you some food for thought. Um, Barack, Kanye. The Ashkenazis, you know, you know, <laughs> what do you think, brother? We're going to come back to this comment by age, okay. ageless wisdom speaks. Thanks, suppressing. Okay, so in, in the case of Barack Obama, he's what I would call a dummy corporation. And, and, the, reason, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because if you look at how Barack Obama was manufactured, if you will, Okay. His his mentor when he reached uh, Harvard Law School was former NSA director Zbigniew Brzezinski. Ooh. Oh. Okay. That oh. was his mentor. Now, Brzezinski <laughs> wow. wrote a, Yeah, Brzezinski wrote a book called Out of Control. In the book, he says that the biggest threat to global white hegemony was young urban black males 25 and under because they deal with life and death situations on an everyday basis. If they turn the guns on us, it's lights out. Now I'm paraphrasing what Brzezinski said, but that was Barack Obama's mentor. Hmm. Okay. And there was a, there was a, 
another thing that Brzezinski said, he said it's in a memo. He said that the greatest threat, now he wrote this during the time that the brothers in Zimbabwe was gaining their independence from the British when it was still called Rhodesia. He said in a memo that the greatest threat to the internal security of the United States of America was black on black unity. And he said black unity or black on? (laughs) Well, black unity, basically. Black unity, yeah. Yeah. So this is what Brazil. So when we saw this, now we knew what type of mindset Obama was going to bring into the White House. Because remember, he doesn't have the burden of slavery on him. Okay. He's coming from a whole different paradigm. So it's easy for him to sit up here and and lambast African nations to to talk to uh, black men in America in a greasy fashion because he doesn't come from that reality. And that's why I said he's a dummy corporation, because we didn't create him. We didn't create his mindset. We didn't create his culture. Okay, so that's why I said he's a dummy corporation. As far as Kanye goes, what makes to me what makes Kanye dangerous is the fact that right now he is operating from a spirit of spite. Hmm. Okay. Here's what I mean. The very people that he's trying to out now and scorch the earth, if those very people were to offer him an invitation back into the house, all this he would drop immediately. <laughs> that's why i said he's operating from a spirit of spite so you can't trust him and plus he doesn't know how to shut his mouth either when when you move in arenas of power there's a certain way you have to conduct yourself and you know carry yourself so you can't act like you on you know south side chicago when you're in these arenas of power okay And when you're in these arenas of power, and this is something that I tell young brothers, when you sit at the round table of power, leave your emotions at the door. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Tahid, man, I'd like to get your thoughts on, um, on, you know, President Obama. Was he about it, about it, or was he just talking about it? And uh, I like what uh, Unoccupied Turtle Island. Oh. Oh, I like that. Unoccupied Turtle Island. Mm-hmm. This is our mm. land. Get off of it. Um, I like okay. that. I like that. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm representing that. Okay. Tahid, was President Obama about it, about it, or was he just talking about it? So when I, when I look at uh, particularly President Obama, uh, again, I'm always looking at it from a historical perspective and I'm looking at the numbers. Mm. When we look at what 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 did he actually accomplish for for black people? Like what did he do? Obamacare? Like who has that? So I mean at the end of the day, uh I wouldn't say Obama was about it about it because he didn't use the powers of the presidency to to the full extent that he could have to to benefit um people with permanent suntans but at the end of the day um you know you you, you had he he did he didn't inspire a, a whole bunch of 
black people to to come out and vote that was good but at the end of the day like what policies what 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 concrete policies can we put our hands on to say okay there was a significant change in black net worth during obama's presidency or um what what was the what what was the net that did he get in let anybody out of jail like trump did remember trump mm-hmm. pardoning all these black folks you know obama gave him cell phones but trump gave him twelve hundred dollars so it's like i'm being say that like, trump gave him freedom and obama gave him cell phones he gave him cell phones <laughs> right and it, it wasn't the cool cell phones it was the cheap ones the cheap right. track phones so when we when I'm, I'm when we're looking at it and, and comparing it i'm not surprised when i walk into the barbershop and i hear black men saying hey trump was better than obama like they really support they, they and they don't care about him saying he'll grab a woman by the vajayj or you know some of the other racist stuff he said again in this capitalistic society where money is the god whoever is perceived to be the one that's going to give me the most money regardless of their moral character their moral fiber you know because obviously you can't you can't compare obama and trump when it comes to like things like morality i guess you know but at the end of the day when it comes down to fiscal policy and 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 whose pocketbook benefited the most and when it's, it's no the numbers don't lie well, the numbers also show that the last two years of President Obama's administration, mm-hmm. the economy was going up yeah. and the the uh, employment rate was dropping. And so while President Obama in, you know, inherited a low employment rate and a high and a low in- economy, Trump benefited from a high employment rate and a high economy, and he tripled it. So I, I, I'm not taking anything away from I mean, what perception. either one of them did, but you yeah. know when you talk about the numbers, yeah, but, you know. So let let I me. Mean, give, I, I like your point. Though. Is everything? It's just like now Biden is being blamed for everything that Trump did wrong, but he's being blamed for it because he's he's inheriting it, just like Obama inherited, you know, everything that was going wrong in the previous presidency. But perception perception wise you know you don't really have people doing this type of research and saying oh you know barack obama had his hands tied because he didn't have control you know they blocked everything he tried to do but you know employment went up but again who's who's the largest employer of black people in america oh that's a minister shawala question it's the the government right it's the, it's, government. it's the government right yeah right right federal right. federal state local from County. people like people like me that are teachers working for the government firefighters all the way up through the military right mm-hmm. the main people that employ black people is the government right? right so yeah employment was going up it was still paying back into the same system so were we really benefit i don't know if you Ooh, that's i think that's a deeper question um, you know what I mean, but so so tra- so Tahid, man, President Obama, yeah, zero or one, was he talking about it or about it, about it? So I'll never give Obama a zero. 
right? I, I went to Washington and and I shook hands with the president. When he came to Atlanta, I got pictures. He high-fiving my daughter. Like, I, I, you know, I will never knock the first black president. Well, the first acknowledged black president, right? But at the end of the day, I still felt like he didn't he didn't stick his neck out far enough for us. All right, all right, uh, okay. Uh, when you say the first acknowledged black yeah. president, are you referencing John Hanson? Because <laughs> uh, John Hanson never was president. I mean, let's talk about Abraham Lincoln. Okay, all right, all right. What? Well, okay, but you know what? <laughs> this is this is this is Zumbi show. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you got a good point. Uh, Zumbi, can I do the quick poll real quick, and then we'll let you roll with your beautiful. Okay, what, what what poll? Yo, trap. Tahid, you and I can talk all day. I can see. <laughs> yes, all right, sir. the poll was on uh, President Obama. You know, was he about it, about it, or was he talking about it? So we have one zero. Uh, we got two zeros, three zeros, and Tahid gave him a half point. I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm I got one. I'm gonna get one on mine. Okay, you're gonna give him one. Okay. Yeah. And it looks like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so we had, what, three people to vote. <laughs> and he got 1%, you know, one point. So that's 25%. All right, yeah. Um. look, you already talked about Kanye. And it's interesting because somebody said that uh, Kanye is a bit of a wild card. Mm-hmm. All right, but his point about lacking discipline is interesting. Um. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Dick Gregory was the first unofficial black president. Okay, we got yo, you gotta tell us more about that. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, we had somebody ask, is Candace Owens about it? Hell no. Yeah. She's about it, but she's no. not she's not about it for us, but she's she's about that life. No, well, still, but she's just not for us. Here's my problem with Owens. Anytime you come out and say that British imperialism was a net positive for Africa, I got problems. Serious problems. And she said this uh, right on the tail of the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Now, I don't understand why we have certain segments amongst our people that are giving her a pass and looking at her as intelligent and articulate she's an enemy of the state period totally she Candace is about that life she's about she'll say any and everything to make her purse fatter and she does not she's not embarrassed she just she don't care about who she pisses off I'm talking about somebody that goes hard. Like that's how I want Obama to go. I would have wanted Obama to go for us. Just go in. I'm the president, damn it, and and just and just make you know do unprecedented things though. Like Candace Owens, she says things that make black people say, "Wow, I can't believe she's saying that." What? Where's the motivation? Right? I'm- why? Why do you think she does that? All right, so she's, I guess we need to do a we need to do the Candace Owens poll. <laughs> so while Minister Zumbi talks, if you think that Candace Owens is about it, about it, one in the chat, 
if you think that Candace Owens is talking about it, put a zero in the chat. All right, Zoom, see, go ahead. Yeah, and see, this goes to the crux of tonight's conversation. She's basically a shock jock political commentator. Yeah. Okay. And I'm saying for African people, we don't really have time to be entertained by shiny objects. Okay. Here's what somebody said to me earlier this morning. All right. Candace Owens, they say, oh, she's articulate. Oh, she's beautiful or whatever. But like a pit bull, she'll never be in the house. She will always be the pet and the mascot. Mm. See, this is where we have to understand what real power is about. And let's stop getting all excited because you see black faces in high places. See, and I talk about this in my book. Um, and I'll, I'll pour it out in a minute. There's a term that I use called the black hand theory. The black hand theory says it is the people that you rarely see, hear, or discuss who are the true shot callers, the true check writers, and the true policy makers, all right? Mm. So we talk about Candace Owens, but can anybody tell us who is the CEO of the American Enterprise Institute, which is a conservative think tank that has produced a lot of these shock jocks? And policy. Okay, and we can mention Candace Owens, we can mention Larry Elder, Michelle Malkin, and we can go down the list, okay? So... My whole thing is, if you're going to be about it, whatever that is, okay, are you about it for the highest and greatest good of your people? That's really the bottom line. Oh, okay. So, so we probably should have used that as the the litmus test to determine if Candace Owens was about it, about it, or talking about it. So you're saying... If Candace is using her time, talent, and treasure to further our people, she would get a one. If she's just talking and she's not doing anything for our people, she would get a zero. Is that correct, Minister Zumbi? That's it, it's simplistic, but it's a start because the one question I've always had about black conservatives is what have you found in America worth conserving? Hmm. I mean, let's be honest. What have you found in America worth conserving? It's almost like you've jumped from one plantation to the next. And from the black conservatives that I've seen, you've really been nothing but pets and mascots for right wing uh, white imperialism. No different than the ones on the left who have been pets and mascots for white imperialism on the left. Okay, so. Do any of these Negroes serve the interests of African people domestically and globally? That's the real crux of it. And does your behavior and does your portfolio match your tongue? Intriguing. So we know Candace doesn't like black people, but at the end of the day, she's conserving her pocketbook and these people are paying her to to be that distraction right we're talking about candace owens meanwhile they sneak in ron DeSantis. i meant ron DeSantis, and he's going to be the next president yeah it looks like they are trying to do a a, a nice move to get ron de satan in yeah um. <laughs> he's going to be the next president 
Well, okay. he, he'll definitely be the next Republican. Um, you think he's going all the way? It's a wrap. You think he's going all the way? Who's going? Who's who's going to run against him? Joe Biden, mm. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Who who they going to pull? Who they going to get? Unless y'all know something I don't, please tell me. Like who's who's going to beat Ron DeSantis? <laughs> well, I mean, for for me, I've always subscribed to what Lord Rothschild always said. You know, uh, give me control of a nation's economy. I don't care who's in office. And, you know, coming from an economic position, I've always asked the question, when are we going to build up our own? See, it seems like we are always looking outside of ourselves for salvation or for savior or for, you know, whatever. And I'm always asking the question, can we start in the mirror? Can we start in our communities first? Okay, because that's where the real fight is. Whatever somebody does on 1600 Pennsylvania Ave, to me, that's just ear sex and ho shatter. Hmm. Okay, the real question is, what are we doing at ground zero? And this is kind of the crux of what I was going back into with tonight's show about what it, what are we building? What solutions, what blueprints are we presenting to the people? Because the people are looking for answers and they're not going to get them in City Hall or the state capitol or the White House. And we have to have the mentality of we're on our own because in a number of ways we are. Okay, I would so 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 we have to really begin to start asking ourselves the, the whole thing with reparations. Okay, what happens if you don't get reparations? Then what? What's plan B? Because I, I, I think you're putting a cart before the horse in that one. Well, no, but I'm I'm just saying as an example, because again, we have to start thinking as if it's just us. That's the mentality that we need to have now that nobody's coming to our rescue. The only thing that we can rely on is our self-reliance, self-sufficiency, interdependence within our independence and our spirituality. That's all we got. Yo, yeah, I support so Link. The internet off to do that. In order for us to get back to that way of thinking, we got to shut the internet off. And that's not going to happen. Well, the internet here, is going to stay. Here's hey, my thing. Zumbi, you got an excellent, you got it exactly. Okay. Because Ageless Wisdom says exactly. And yeah, I said a name correctly this time. Right. Because <laughs> here's my thing. Okay. We're past the two minute warning. Hmm. So are we just going to sit on the sidelines until the clock goes zero? Or do we do something? Okay, I'm at an age where for me, everything is about solution and execution. And what am I going to leave for the next generation? Because the next generation cannot inherit rhetoric, ear sex and ho chatter from me or at least from me and my contemporaries. Okay. Because they deserve more and they deserve better. So this ain't even about me. It's bigger than me. Well, you know, ever since we put that uh, 
qualifier, you know, to determine if Owens was about it or talking about it. Um, we've only gotten two votes. We got a one and we have a zero. And I think that's the interesting thing about people like Candace Owens. They do a great job of talking, whatever their position is, they're talking about, but you know, what else has she done? You know, somebody might say, well, she put out that um, documentary on black lives ladder, black lives matter, but it really wasn't her documentary. She was starring in it. <laughs> another mm -hmm. company put out the documentary. It wasn't hers. So mm -hmm. here's another example where we're not running the board. They might put us in front of the team, we might be on the starting lineup, but we don't own the team. We don't own the basketball court. We don't own the net. <laughs> yeah. So it I think that Candace's Owens is another good example that um we've got to become more about it. Um, you know, so we did have a a, com a comment that I wanted to highlight. I, I thought it was kind of intriguing. I thought it was kind of intriguing. So all the black people you're speaking of have no political pull, only opinion. Interesting. Yes. They pick movie stars, athletes, and comics to be their leaders in our community, but isn't the same in other ethnic groups. Yeah. We are the only ones who have entertainers as spokesmen for the race. Now, I'm not sure if that's entirely, totally true, but I tell you what, on his face, I have to agree. Malcolm said this 60 years ago. And between 1963 and today, what's really changed? Okay. Show me in the Italian community, has anybody ever put a microphone to Robert De Niro or Al Pacino to ask about Italy's economy? Well, okay. I, well, okay. I'm just saying, and, and the same thing. You don't hear anybody going to Dustin Hoffman to ask about issues in the Jewish diaspora. Okay, now I'm seeing okay. your point. I'm seeing your point. So so the, so now the question is why is it that we've got people who are unqualified to deal with certain questions and certain issues trying to answer? Okay? You've been trained to be a gladiator and a court jester your entire life. Now you're getting into arenas of power. You can't even dictate policy in your own in your own industry. Ooh. ooh. Okay. So hey, salute so, to England. Salute to the folks in Manchester. Um, right. So so what I'm saying is, okay, everybody's sitting up here. Oh, Floyd Mayweather, blah blah blah. This, that, and the third. But it was Jerry Cooney who was pushing to have a boxers union. Not Money Mayweather. So we have to make sure we understand there's a distinction between cash and power. Intriguing. Intriguing. Okay. All right. So, Zumbi, I know that, you know, this is precise thinking mm -hmm. with Minister Zumbi. And today we had the good brother, my brother from another mother with the 1911 connection. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me throw my hook up. Uh, yeah. Um, tonight's show. You talked about a clean glass of water. Yes. I think we've done a lot of great examples talking about the dirtiness mm -hmm. of some of the water. Right. Can you give us an example 
of a clean glass? Well, not to be self-promoting. But you are. Okay. So this book that I'm holding up right here is called The Gospel of Afronomics Theology. I took 22 years of personal experience and research in business to develop uh, a black economic blueprint for the 21st century and beyond at a grassroots level. Okay. I wanted to write something where it can pass the Pookie Ray Ray and June bug test because there's been things that have been put out there that, yeah, may be great for intelligentsia or academia, but what about the brother or the sister who drives the bus, who drives the uh, bread truck for the company, or the one who drives a cab? You know, how does a single mother of three improve her financial condition? without having to risk other things. So that was one of the things that I wanted to address with this, with this book, which is now going to be a series. I'm already working on the expanded edition of it. Um, I talked about earlier taking time out to be a volunteer inside a food pantry to understand how a food supply chain works and how to make sure that the people you intend to serve can be fed, okay? So these are just things that can be done individually because I always say revolution begins in the mirror, not in the public. It begins in the mirror, okay? Okay, okay, yeah, that messes with, with, with Tahid. Okay. Revolution begins where? In the mirror. That's where it begins. And from there, because the, the greatest revolution is with you. I think our, our Islamic brothers always said that there are three jihads or three struggles. Uh, the struggle between two people, struggle between two groups. But the ultimate struggle is with self. If you can revolutionize yourself and overcome self, now you can begin to revolutionize others. Okay. 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 Um, hey, can you? Um, we, we're gonna bring this to an end, yeah. We're gonna bring this to an end. This was an intriguing conversation. Uh, <laughs> but Conscious Conqueror asked the question What about other ethnic groups having leaders that some would say are evil, like Putin, Pablo Escobar, North Korean leaders? At least our leaders are not completely evil. Is that something that we should, um, you know, is that something that we should, you know, pop our collar on and say, hey, you know, we may not be in power, but uh, at least our leaders are not completely evil? Well, I, I would be very careful with that. And I'll tell you why. Uh, there's a there's a nasty disease amongst our people, which I call the Judas factor. Mm. Okay. Look at what Mobutu did to his homeboy, Patrice Lumumba. Mm. All right. Look at what happened when Kwame Nkrumah was in Vietnam and basically got overthrown. Hmm. All right. Look at what happened. What has Harlem been since Adam Clayton Powell left us? Okay. Okay, so so before we start sitting here trying to be all sanctified 
and and righteous again like the brother said let's take a historical concept okay and and look at you know have have we done right by our own people well you know what that's a that's a good point bro and i think that's a really good point to end tonight's show on mm. you know yeah 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 i think that's a good point to end tonight's show on so zombie if you can hold up your book again oh, the gospel yeah. of afronomics theology you can find that book on amazon you can mm-hmm. find it at your own melanated bookstore i yes. like what shantae miles has we need to be prepared the brother is right and exact we must have a plan we only have each other you know our leaders have been telling us that we have no friends right. politically financially or socially we have and, no friends um and, and, oh and one other thing if you want an example of having a blueprint or a plan go study china's 100 year plan when mao Zedong, chairman mao Zedong, came to power in 1949 there was a 100 year plan installed so by the year 2050 china will be the big man on campus okay uh. So for those of us who are serious in terms of serving the people and leading the people, regardless politically, economically, or otherwise, go study China's 100-year plan. I think you'll find that very interesting, and there are certain things that we can take from that 100-year plan that we can apply to ourselves. Like one of the things I'm working on now for the next book is to start getting us thinking in 12-week or 90-day windows. So that way we can begin to think more scientifically in terms of how we want to move and not run around here, you know, grown folks sitting up here yelling nursery rhymes. That's not a (laughs) blueprint for power. Got you. Hey, look, so one of the strategies that we're going to leave you with is pick up Zumbi's book or, you know, find it online, you know, check out some of the earlier versions, episodes of, Get on code and precise thinking because we go in really good dip, depth with uh, his book. I want to show one of the strategies that I'm working on. So, mm. you know, we can't just be dirty water up here ourselves. We can't just be talking about the problem and not doing something about it. So, this is what I'm doing in my area of Hampton Roads, seven five seven, within the within the so-called so-called black community. Black community. Money circulates. Money circulates. Stays with stays in the community. One day. One day in our in uh, our Latino community. Latino stays, stays, in, in, stays in one week. One week. Seven days, seven days. All right. And, All right. In Asian community, Asian thirty days. Thirty days. You know, Jewish community, a little more than that, more than that, and then general white community stays in there. Stays in there for unmeasurable amount of time. So the HR Green is our strategy. Strategy to address to address circulation. circulation. It's and simply it's simply a directory, a directory in online online and in a and app, in form, app, app form coming soon, coming soon where we can where find we can find business. Our business. Let's see who uh, let's see who uh, we have here. So right now we have fourteen food Let's look at let's look at restaurants. So let's say I want to look at a restaurant. Let's go with DJ. Let's go with DJ. Let's see who else is out here. DJ World. We have to roll. We have to roll. Let's your business. Let's your business. We simply go simply go with us with us. And you see that there's some options. We invite everyone to take the free option for right now. So start your start your search today. HR Green Book and let's make sure our money our money stronger stronger and longer and longer. Right, right. So 
that's one of the things we're doing in the Hampton Roads area to make sure that our money circulates stronger and longer. And so there are a lot of initiatives, and I tell everybody, hey, find the initiative near you and work with it. So you're not just talking on social media about the problem, you know. So, hey, so uh, Tahid, man, what's happening in ATL, man? Where can people find hey. your movements in the ATL? What do they need to look up? So I'm going to show you real quick a similar, it's a similar app that we have here in, um, in Atlanta. It's, it's called, um, it's called Black Friday 52. Mm. It's, it's the same type of uh, app where you pretty much, if you're searching for a restaurant, you're searching for a barbershop, a chiropractor, a dentist, and you want to support Black-owned businesses, um, you can put in the location, the keywords, a similar type of uh, idea that uh, me and some of my uh, my colleagues and some of my, my <clears throat> organizations, they, um, my fat brother, actually, he's, he's responsible for releasing that. <laughs> But there you go again. You keep, <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Go so, ahead. But the, the whole, the whole, you know, keeping our money in the community. I, I totally support that, and um, I, I try to the best of my ability to to propagate that and to, mm-hmm. and to push that because at the end of the day, like he was talking about, you know, what's in your pantry? You know what I mean? How, how long mm-hmm. can you survive? See, I'm from the country, so. Mm-hmm. It's never been a time where I ain't had a dog and a gun. So at the end of the day, um, my grandma, she taught us, you know, <laughs> when you, it was funny when he was talking about the, the jarring and, and canning. I, I remember my grandma doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and one of the main reasons why I'm the main cook at my house and I, and I make sure, you know, that <laughs> my garden outside stay fresh i can walk outside and give me a nice piece of squash right now but you know i I try to push that and propagate that and you know just to make sure that we we become a collective because they've done a a great job at at separating us and and making us uh adversarial to each other when you know at the end of the day we should be embracing each other and Mm -hmm. i I love your idea and i'm I'm definitely going to order that book uh, on amazon because um, I, I I like what you're saying, and I feel like we we're on the same page, and and I I, I enjoy the meaning of the minds. I appreciate the opportunity. I say that, uh, Minister Zumbi. Yes, sir. Last words, man. Oh, before I forget, since the brother brought up what's going on in the ATL, and you can do this in Hampton or anywhere, be a twenty dollar revolutionary. That is the new campaign for 2023. Being a $20 revolutionary means this. Every African person should make a weekly $20 purchase from a Black-owned business, be it brick and mortar or e-commerce. What this does is this. Now we begin to finance our own liberation by financing those businesses that serve our needs with their products and services. Okay? You don't have to leave your frat, you don't have to leave your political party. Just practice being a $20 revolutionary every week. It's simple, but it's very profound. All right, so this has been a clean glass of water. The show is Precise Thinking with Minister Zumbi Shawala. We had the good brother, my brother from another mother, 1911, 
love. Yeah, we. I mean, we go back and forth. You know, like I said, man, the campus started the fight in 1911. We ended the fight in 1911. So it's all good. It's the fight for our people. Um, hey, look. Yes, sir. The sun is love. All right. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, but you know what? If I'm living out in ATL and I want to catch up with those two organizations you talked about, brother, um, how can how can um ageless wisdom? Yes. Yeah, so or, or you know, wouldn't that be is... wouldn't that be the perfect name ageless for like wisdom. for mm. like a for a lotion? <laughs> yo, 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 ageless wisdom. Yeah, you, know, you look good and you're wise. Yo, yo, mm. yo, ageless wisdom. You need to copyright that name and do something with it for sure, real. Man. For real, you know, you can't all can't just let that beauty go to waste. You know, make some money off of it. <laughs> but if she wants to connect, she can just Google Letters Make Man and the website will pop right up. And it mm-hmm. tells you how to get involved, uh, whether you, you want to um, actually get hands on or you want to support uh, financially, whatever you want to do. But mm-hmm. do, just do something that's helping our community progress forward. And that's all we care about. Right. All right. So let us make men. Let us make money. Let yep. us make a movement. Let us make mm-hmm. a change. And as I always say, drink your water. Yes, sir. Indeed. (laughs) Peace. Peace.